we've been looking at the lifetime experience at this year's Messianic Encounter Conference 2016. We want to take a key scripture from Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, verse 13. About noon, King Agrippa, I was on the road. I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, and blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground. And I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. May the Lord bless the reading of this word. This is an account by Paul of an experience he had that brought a change in his life. My prayer and the essence of this conference is that you will also have your experience. The essence of this conference is that we shall have an encounter. When we're talking of an encounter, we're referring to an unexpected meeting. Something within this context that you are not expecting. Actually, let me say that if the Lord meets your expectations, then we've not gotten it there yet. No. I'm trusting God to go beyond our expectations. To give us surprises. And that is why it is a messianic encounter. An unexpected meeting. An unexpected appearance. Something that is beyond our expectations. Something that will live with us the rest of our lives. Now we said that, just to do a recap for those of you who are not here, that the surest way to have a lifetime experience is for God himself to come to you. There's no way you can decide to go and meet God for an experience. No. Where are you going to meet him? But when God identifies you by name, and decide that you, Philip, 
John, Master, I, the Lord, will reveal myself to you, then that is the beginning of your lifetime experience. And throughout scriptures, it is always God who made the first attempt to reveal himself to people. He did it to Moses. He did it to Abraham throughout scripture. And that in the account that we just read, there are different levels of revelation. And the first one we dealt with was what we call the glorious revelation, where God himself chooses to make his glory known to you. And that to me is the ultimate revelation every Christian must desire. You see, there is no way, there is just no way for anybody to meet or to see or to behold the Lord in his glory and remain the same. It can't happen. The reason why lots of Christians are living their life the way they are is because they've only heard about Christ. They have read from the Bible. They have heard Christ being preached. But they themselves have not had any personal revelation of who this God is. When Jesus revealed himself to Paul, he himself said, wow, Lord. That is it. When God reveals himself to you, you cannot help but to say, Lord. The glorious revelation of God. May the Lord open your eyes. May the Lord give you an experience that will blow your mind off. May the Lord reveal himself to you. And we said that such a revelation will mark you out, will make you different. Will make you distinct from other people. If you are a pastor, any pastor, any elder, any deacon, any business man or woman who is a Christian, who has had this experience with the Lord, can never be the same. They will be different from other businessmen. The next level of revelation which we dealt with is what I refer to as the dietic revelation, which has to do with God after revealing himself, which is the ultimate, revealing his mind, giving you a revelation that is intended to teach you something, a teaching revelation. And the first one under this is a teaching of his will for you to know what is the mind of God concerning your life. What is the intention of God? What are his plans? What are his strategies? Apart from he revealing himself to you, he also reveals his intent, his ideas, his plans for your life. What is it that he wants to do? What is it that he wants to teach? And at this conference, however God will choose to do it, may he do it. May he find a way of making himself known to his people and teaching them their ways. It is this revelation that allowed Paul or enabled Paul to have an understanding of what grace is. 
the church, the apostles, the elders had in mind that to be saved somehow you needed to follow Mosaic laws. But when Paul had that revelation, he understood the essence of salvation by grace. And when God begins to reveal or unfold such teachings to you, it gives you a clear understanding of what your life and what Christian journey is all about. A revelation that teaches. Not only does it teach the scriptures, let me make this point that, you see, when God reveals himself to you and begins to unfold the scripture and makes scripture alive and activates the power and authority of the scriptures to you, that becomes a rock upon which no matter the challenge you face in life, that scripture becomes activated to bring direction and to bring hope to your life. In other words, at every stage in your life, there is a particular scripture that the Holy Ghost can unfold to you that will be an answer to whatever challenge you are going through. And these ones can only come by revelation. These ones can, I recall something happened and the Lord says something that forgiveness means it has not happened. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. I was just praying and praying, oh God, oh God, and the word just um, forgiveness means it has not happened. Now, when God gives you such a teaching, it is able to bring such a healing into your spirit that no man can understand. So at every stage in your life, whether it is health, whether it's business, whether it's marriage, there is always a word out there that God can reveal to you that will cause a lifetime experience, a change that will live with you the rest of your life. As you go through this journey of life, if you are going through any challenge, may the Lord reveal a word that will bring an answer to that challenge. You see, when you receive the remnant, it turns everything around. If not, what you do is when you are going through problems, you go and look for a scripture. And then you start quoting a scripture, but it may not really work. Uh, I don't know whether you guys are following me. You can just say, you can just say, oh, I'm sick. I want to be healed. Then you start quoting. It is written, I am the Lord that he led you. Yeah. You are quoting scripture, but you may be quoting the letter. You may be quoting the letter. But when there is an encounter and God himself drops that word that I am the Lord that healeth, that scripture becomes a revelation that will obviously bring healing to your life. May the Lord give you a word. May the Lord give you a word. When there's a revelation, not only does God give a word, but God opens your understanding to know who you are still under the dike. Now, I'm going to make some few statements that may be 
may challenge your theology. We all know that God is omnipresent, right? Are you aware Christians are also omnipresent? How many of you are aware of that? <laughs> I'm saying God is omnipresent. And those of us who are in Christ are also omnipresent. And I'll explain that. You see, when you receive a revelation of who you are, and you have that understanding of who you are, it gives you a lifetime experience that changes the way you do things. The challenge with most of us is that we see God from a human perspective. For instance, the Bible says God is seated on a throne. And so immediately we picture a seat, a table and a chair. And our mind is that God is seated somewhere. Okay, when John saw the revelation, he said, I saw somebody on the throne. So, and then angels bowed. So, right now, our mind begins to see a chair with God seated there, angels bowing like human beings. Let me ask you, when the Lord appeared at the Garden of Eden, the Bible says, at the cool of the day, God was walking among them. Who was on the throne? Oh, you, are, you don't seem to get me. If God is seated on the throne, and the same God who was seated on the throne now is walking in the garden of Eden, then who was on the throne? Uh, he's left the throne, isn't it? And he has come to the garden of Eden. That is the challenge when we begin to see God with the body. Who, once he leaves the throne, then he is left there. But you see, God's throne, the Bible says the foundation of God's throne is righteousness. How is righteousness a seat? Now let me go deeper. There is this prophet in Zimbabwe. I already mentioned the name, but when he's prophesying, there was a day I was watching him, he was prophesying. Then the woman that was, he was prophesying, he said, Papa, go deep. He said, that's what I'm doing, I'm going deep. Go deep, I'm, I'm going deep, I'm going deep. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so I'm going deep. Are you aware that even though the heavens is the Lord's throne, his leg is on the ground, right? The earth is his footstool. And the Bible says that your life is hidden in Christ Jesus in the heavenly place through a force. So, let's say Jesus is on the throne. So where is your life? Where? On the throne, where? Where? Yeah, in Jesus on the throne. Where is the throne? Where? In heaven, right? When we go to America, will Jesus be there? Oh, but he is in heaven. Okay, let's go to Ukraine. Will Jesus be there? So if I am in Christ in Ukraine, where Jesus is, and Jesus is also in Arabia, will I be in Arabia or not be in Arabia? Oh, you people are not following what I'm trying to say. Our life is hidden in Christ in the heavenly places. And so, wherever Jesus is, 
My life is in there. So if Jesus is in America, where am I? Is Jesus everywhere? So where am I? It, it looks so, you still can't take it. Because we are used with a theology that sees God like a man. Now let me tell you, as you sit here, what makes you limited is your physical body, not your spirit. Bible says when this earthly tabernacle is destroyed, so this earthly tabernacle that restricts you to a chair, one day will be destroyed. Now when this tabernacle is destroyed, we all shall be raised into one temple and all of us shall be stones in that temple. I'm not sure you people are getting what I'm trying to say. So, there is one body and we are part of that body. And that one body fills the whole earth. And so, it is this body that limits you. But there is a spirit inside of you that is a spirit from above which makes you divine. Uh, may God open your understanding. Okay, let me make an illustration. The offspring of a goat is what? Is a what? Is it a goat or a cow? It's a goat, right? So let me use the word child wrongly for every creation. The child of a donkey is what? A donkey, right? Or a snake? Oh, answer me. So the child of a goat is what? The child of a snake is what? The child of a cocoon. The child of a cat is what? The child of a human being is a what? So what is the child of God? There is, you see, every creature is after his kind. So when God gives birth to you, he gives birth after his own time. When you are not born again, you are a child of a human being. But when you are born again and you encounter the Messiah, I am not just a Christ child. I am God's child. And if I am God's child and my God is divine, I am divine. Now, when you begin to understand that you are not just an ordinary person, then the divinity in you will begin to manifest. Now, may God open your understanding. You see, you are made up of body, soul, and spirit. Do you know what your spirit is like? Do you know? Are you aware that your spirit is the breath 
of the Lord himself inside you. So the spirit in you came directly from God. The spirit in you is from God. The same God in Mama Irene, let me ask a simple question. The Holy Ghost in my small boy, 12 or 15 years, and the Holy Ghost in Nedakakari, which one is older? Which one is older? The same? Why is it the same? Ah, you, my boy, only 14 years, and Nedakakari is only God knows how many years. And the Holy Ghost has been in him for let's say 30, 40 years. And you are telling me that Holy Ghost who is 40 years is the same as the Holy Ghost that came in my chat five years. Are they the same? If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. If the same, not, not like, the same. Look into the face of somebody and say, the same spirit. dwells in you. The same spirit. And so there is God inside of you. Oh, release the God inside of you. Now, if what is inside me is God, then I'm only a container of divinity. Oh, may God open your understanding. Now, when you understand this, you now begin to speak like God. Because you are not speaking of yourself. You are speaking from the well of divinity inside your life. No wonder Peter could look at that guy and say, look at me. Look at me, what I have. I mean, <laughs> somebody would say, ah, you should have said, look at Jesus. Like some of us, the way we do. Everybody, look at Jesus. Lift your eyes. Look at Jesus. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Our mind is that Jesus is on the throne. So even when we are praying, because Jesus looked up, we too, when we are praying, our thinking is that God is on the throne so far. So sometimes we need to scream. But you see, you are carrying God with you wherever you go. Oh, may your understanding be open. When you have an understanding of who you are, then when you go to your workplace and your boss is messing around, you look at him and you, you, you change gear from your humanity to divinity. You see, Bible says, as a man thinketh, so he is. If your mind is there is God in me, Paul said, I am coming to you. And when I come, I will impact gifts. As if the gifts were in his pocket. That is a man who knows his position in the law. A man who understands his calling. One thing he even said, which amazes me, he said, when you met, was my spirit not there? When you met, Paul all of a sudden has become omnipresent. That is 
His spirit. So, I'm not talking about astral projection here, no. I'm not talking about developing your human spirit, no. But I'm saying that God has put his divinity inside you. What is in you is the same as God. It's not less God. Oh. What is inside you is not an inferior God. It's not part of God. Bible says in Christ dwell the fullness of deity. And so if Christ is in you, the fullness of deity is in you. Oh, may your understanding be open in Jesus' name. And listen carefully. If you understand this principle, that you are united with Christ, you are one. Christ is not somewhere. May God, you see, when you understand the concept of one body, one spirit, one, 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 and that we are together with Christ, then when I sleep, who is sleeping there? So when demons come in the night and they are home, who are they home? Who? Christ. Paul said, for me to live, I mean, everything about me is Christ. Look, my blood is Christ's blood. This is my skin. If you like tonight, come and chew me and see. So my body is unchewable. So those of you who are scared of beignet, my family will chew me. Your body is poisonous to the devil. Because you are united with Christ. Wherever Christ goes, you see, again, when we look at the concept go, all of a sudden we begin to see leg walking. God doesn't need to move leg to go. When God is going, he is there. Oh, you don't understand what I'm trying to say. When God is moving, he is still there. So when God moves in this auditorium, he is still in Naraguta. He is still in Nigeria. He is still in Kebas. He fills the whole earth. Hallelujah. A revelation of who you are. A revelation of your divinity. But you see, again, challenging your theology. How many of us easily identify with Adam? Adam as if for. You know, all of us are we together? Am I confusing you? <laughs> you see, still on a revelation of who you are. Let me make very clear to you. If Adam's sin could make all of us sinners, then let me tell you that Jesus' righteousness. Now listen. You are not a sinner because you have sinned. It's not the sin that makes you a sinner. If not, your baby that you have given birth to, six months, one year, they'll be sucking breast and they'll bite you and they'll laugh at you. Who taught the child? He knows what he's doing is bad. 
You see, sin is in us because of Adam. So whether you are sinned or not, you are descendant of Adam and so you are sinful. Now, if Adam's sin is so powerful that all human beings have become sinners, how much more if Adam's disobedience was so powerful that every human being has become a sinner, then I am here to announce to you that Jesus' righteousness is more powerful to make those who believe in me righteous. And so your righteousness is not because you pay tithes. It's not because you pray. But because you have been clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so those of you who like singing, me person me ya wodida. Your theology is wrong. Only one abonni ashawa. Righteousness na ashayama. And that is why Paul, even in writing to the Corinthian church, that is known for their rough life, still said to the saints. In Corinth. Look into the face of your brother and say, You are a saint. Those of you who are waiting to die before we make you saints. Ah, so from today, call me Saint Tapa. Look into the face of somebody and give him a name or a name that is saint, 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 saint. You see? So, just as sin is imputed. Just as sin is credited to you, so righteousness from Jesus Christ is credited to the believer. So if you accept that Adam's sin has made you a sinner, why is it difficult for you to accept that Christ's righteousness has made you righteous? Why? Why? May God open your understanding. So, you are not a sinner. It doesn't mean you don't sin. Let me turn it the other way. No matter what you do, no matter how much righteousness you do, if you are not a believer, are you a sinner or not? You are a sinner. It doesn't matter the righteous deeds you do. You are a sinner. In the same way, when you reverse it, it is not what you do that makes you righteous. So some of you, what I'm coming to say, you say, oh, then, Pastor, hallelujah, I can sin. It's not the sin you commit that makes you a sinner. It does not even undo your righteousness because it is given to you. However, Bible says if we sin and we confess, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, unrighteous deeds, but that is not what makes you righteous. And so, our righteousness is from the Lord. Those of you who want to be sinners, praise the Lord, you go your sinful way. 
Those of us who want to accept the righteousness of Jesus Christ, we will live by it. And so you are pure, you are holy because of Christ. Just as somebody is also sinful because of Adam. Now those of you who are perfect, who are holy, stand to your feet. I think I've succeeded a bit. <laughs> you see, these are revelations that God gave to Paul. And so, he's able to make it very clear that our righteousness is of Christ. We are saved by grace, not by works. Now, when you understand that you are righteous, then let's say some years ago, some months ago, you did something wrong. Bible says when you go before God genuinely and you repent, he cleanses you. He only cleanses. It does not change. It's not like when you're a child of God, you are on child, then you become child, then when you sin, you are on child. I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say. Then today you are a child of God, then you sin, then you have, you have been on child. Then you, you ask God for forgiveness, then you are Childhood. Then you sin again. Then you are on child. Then you you you, uh, you 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 ask for forgiveness. Then you are child. No, 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 no. So when the devil begins to accuse you, tell the devil, get thee behind me, because my righteousness is of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when you know this, Bible says we go before God with boldness and with courage. May the Lord open your understanding. So, I'm saying that there's a kind of an encounter, an experience that changes your thinking. That makes you begin to accept what God has done through the cross. That makes you live like a Christian. That makes you live like God inside of you. That makes you live with faith, conviction, righteousness and that makes you believe that God Almighty is with you and if the Lord is with you if God is with you if your life is hidden in Christ and you have this understanding and you go to the hospital and doctors tell you that um, you are suffering from Lunsulon toes, abracious. I know it's no disease. All the good names have been given to diseases. Uh, Apostle said, Imagine if your name is Gonorrhea Aqua or Leukemia John. All the names are nice, nice. You see, let me make this point. It is not, listen carefully what I'm going to say. If you are a believer and your life really is in Christ and you are united with Christ, it is not disease that will kill you. The doctors will tell you there are certain diseases that affect some people within one day, they are gone. Others will live within 10 years, true or false. I'm not asking you to live your life anyhow. But I'm saying that if you know that your life is in Christ, you walk not in fear. When you wake up, 
and you are going to Kumasi, you know that he has not finished with you yet. And so, even if you are in the plane, and the plane begins to come down, and you have a revelation of who God wants you to be, and that thing has not come to pass, the plane will be because of you. There will be safety. May God open that understanding to you. And that will enable you to live with boldness and confidence. That will enable you to live like a child of God. May you have an encounter. May you have an encounter. May you have an experience. A revelation that reveals your divinity, that reveals your righteousness, and that reveals the mind of God for your life. You see, if God says you are going to be the president of Ghana, let's just assume. If you receive that encounter, and I pray you receive the encounter. If God gives you a revelation of who you are going to be, that is enough security for your life. Because you know that if that thing has not come to pass, you will not die. Me, I know I'm not dying now. Because there are certain things God has told me which have not yet appeared. May God reveal your tomorrow to you. You see, Paul was able to say that I wish I would be with the Lord. But for your sake, I am not going. Because Paul knew that an assignment had been given to him. At the point when he knew he had finished, he could now say, I have finished the race. I have fought the good fight. And so he was now ready to go. May you not die until you are fulfilled. May you not die until God's purpose for your life is established. And so, if you go to a prayer meeting and some man of God, I recall when I was in Takradi, one early morning some guy came to me, he had had a revelation and when he went to this man of God uh, he was going to die. So he came crying and I told him, the brother, I'm not even going to pray. What you have said is even made me angry. You will not die. And I'm your pastor here. You will not die. So go back. Hey, you will not die. The man, all his eyes were red. And I told him that if by next week, daddy, I said, if you die, I will stop pastoring. You're still alive as I speak now. These are revelations that opens your faith and understanding. May God give you that revelation of what his plans are for your life, of what his intentions are for you. Let you know who you are in the Lord. Once you know who you are, it gives you security. God told Paul, Paul, I will use you to do A, B, C. So even when they were arresting him, he had no problem. Because he knew God had not finished with him yet. If troubles come your way, if opposition comes your way, if trials and temptation comes your way, may the Lord remind you of his covenant promise concerning your life. May God show you what he wants you to become. May you have an experience that will change your life forever. An experience that will let you know who you are, your position, his plans for your life. A lifetime experience. May God cause you to have an experience that will change the course of your life. I recall my wife shared something where 
a point in time in her life where she felt like giving up. I mean, according to her, she started planning in her mind for her children. I don't know whether she planned for me too. Because she had gotten to a point where she knew she was dying. I don't know whether you got to that point before. She knew she was dying. She was really dying. And then she remembered a message one apostle gave. And that message became a remnant to her life. Then she said, uh-uh, because of this I'm not dying. And she's alive today. I recall she went through some experience that even doctors warned us. I spoke to the doctors and they said, my friend, you may lose your wife. And sometimes you are torn with you whether you should be scared or you should believe. You've not gotten to that point. And what is happening to her, everything shows that what the doctors are saying from one point to the other. And it's sometimes it's very scary. Then you, you hey, hey, why, why, if I use faith and this my wife die, what will I do? Oh, should I do this? You are torn between the two. You are torn between the two. But as we persevere, the Lord intervened. I have a testimony of one woman who said her mother died of cancer, breast cancer. Her sister died of breast cancer. And she told herself that as for me, I will not die of breast cancer because of what the Bible says, the remma she's gotten. And then, unfortunately or unfortunately, she realized that there was a lump in her breast. She started praying against it. Then, all of a sudden, she went to the hospital and they diagnosed her with breast cancer. So they said, we need to cut this breast off. She said, no way. I have said that my sister died, my parents died, my other siblings have died of breast cancer, but I, because of Christ, the divinity in me, I will not die. This woman says that she went through hell. Her breast started rotting. She says she will bow down and water will be dripping out of the breast. But she said, I will not have an operation. There's Christ in me. She, she was in pain. She was in agony. She was weeping, but she was still trusting the Lord. One day, as she bowed before, on top of her water and the uh, liquid started oozing, she heard a voice. Because you have trusted me, I will heal you. And the breast, all of a sudden, started getting back. You see? And as I speak today, no blade has touched her. But she said, I went through hell. I went through it. So sometimes, the trial of your faith will take you to some level. Not only diseases. Sometimes in your marriage life. Sometimes in your business. Sometimes in your occupation. You may go through certain challenges. It will be as if you are in a hole, you are in a vacuum. It will be as if you are alone, nobody hears you. Everybody may be against you. You may be a lone ranger. But in those moments, may you remember what I've shared with you tonight. That the Lord is with you. And if only you stand firm, one day, one day, your vindication will come. May the Lord give you a lifetime experience. May the Lord give you a testimony. That will forever change your life. And somehow, what made me stand by her was the testimony the woman shared. 
So when she was going through those difficult moments, I remember there was somebody who stood and God intervened. I don't know what trouble you are going through. I don't know what pain, what agony. I don't know what weeping on your pillow. But there's good news for you. I don't know what seems to delay. But has God said anything concerning your life? We want to pray into our lifetime experience. I want men and women to go before God weeping, crying, and say, Father, we need a lifetime experience. We need something that will move us. We need something when the going gets tough. We will recall, rely, recline on it and say, you who did this yesterday, you will be able to do it today. I am alive today because of my trust in God's promises. He will do the same for you. Our God is able to deliver. We are not telling you stories. These are real life testimonies. I believe I have a mandate to be a blessing over your life. And may this word change your life. May God give you a revelation that will change the course of your life.